I do, because I won't have another chance ever on this Sunday. Yeah, thank you. Don't watch what you're saying. There we go. That was my fault, not Dougie's. Dougie's always on the ball. I love that about him. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of our God. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of our God. I will rejoice. I will Oh, 
nós And I'll be glad, Lord I will rejoice I will rejoice And be glad Oh, give me praise this morning He is worthy Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all here today, here in the house of God. I woke up, went outside, and it is 50 degrees outside. It's going to be a nice day, a beautiful day, and uh, we've come expecting into the house of God. You know, not only is it a good day outside, but we want it to be a great day in here. God's going to move and work and do something beautiful. I know you've come expecting, and uh, we're just going to celebrate today. Amen. We're going to get out in the aisles and welcome each other, especially if you're visiting with us today. Maybe this is your first or second time here, and we just want to appreciate you and thank you. And uh, we're going to get out and welcome each other into the house of God. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Oh uh-huh. 
can make me whole again what can make me whiter than snow while we were standing there and we were singing and I was meditating on those words the Lord dropped something down in my heart he said you're white as snow that didn't touch y'all like it did me he said you're white as snow and I said, thank you for the blood. And he said, that's exactly right. Not by righteousness. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. Not by any goodness, nothing you have earned or deserved. But because you have trusted in the blood that was spilled at Calvary, you're whiter than snow. We stand this morning not in our own merit, not because of how good we are, not because of how righteous we are, how holy we think we are, we don't come in here today like folks who deserve it. We come in here today because we are people that have been washed clean. We've been people, we're people that have been completely pardoned and forgiven. How many of you are sinners saved by grace this morning? That's us. And so when we sing nothing but the blood, there isn't a check you can write. There isn't a, a membership role you can sign. There isn't any kind of work that you can do. It is simply you got the same responsibility that every other human being has on the face of this earth. That is looking into the beautiful gospel message of the cross and believing and accepting him as your savior. Amen. How many of you are thankful for the blood this morning? As you hold the elements of communion in your hand, Paul was writing and said, and when he had given thanks, talking about the Lord on that night he was betrayed, he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood. 
this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. It goes on and it says, Forever, whosoever shall eat this bread or drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and then so let him eat of the bread and then drink of the cup. That word is there for us, not as a religious ritual, but it's there so that we will not be careless with such, with such a sacrament. So that we will look carefully into this bread, into this cup, and we will remember what it represents. God says, you may treat church casual. You may treat my word casual. You may treat Christian lifestyle casual but you'll not treat my blood and my body in a casual, common way. So as you hold these elements in your hand, I would ask you for just a moment to remember, to remember and examine your own heart so that when you accept communion and you partake of this this morning, you do it in his honor. Could you take just a moment? So when he had taken the bread, it said he broke the bread and gave thanks to God. And he said, this is my body. My body that is broken for you. Wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace on him. By stripes were healed. They took the bread and they ate. thankful for the body for the incarnation for you coming to this earth as a man and giving yourself in sacrifice for our sins thank you Lord we remember and after the same manner they took the cup and when he gave thanks he told them this is my blood in the New Testament the covenant that I make with my people the forgiveness of their sins, and they drank. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know nothing but the blood of Jesus nothing but the blood nothing but the blood nothing but the blood of Jesus there is nothing There is nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow.
prayer this morning. Feel comfortable to make your way into the altar this morning for our prayer time. There's a mighty river flowing, mighty river, mighty river flowing in this place. There's a mighty, there's a mighty river flowing, mighty river, a mighty river flowing in this place. In this place. There's a mighty river flowing, a mighty river flowing in this place. And it's full of passion, full of power, full of glory, full of morning troubled, burdened, in the middle of a storm. And at this time, you may be focused on what's going on in your life, but he's here, and he's in control. 
Just open your heart and worship him this morning and thank him for who he is. Lord, we've come to honor you this morning. Lord, you're worthy to be praised, worthy to be honored. And it's so easy for us to get focused on our needs and on our lives and our what's going on with us. But we're here, Lord, to focus on you and to love you and to worship you. Where would he be without you this morning? Lord, we're thankful that you would love us enough that you would rescue us. Lord, you're worthy to be praised. We didn't come this morning out of routine, out of religious duty. We came out of a heart full of love, out of a desire to be in your presence and to connect with you. Lord, in the same atmosphere of worship and in accordance to your word, Lord, we turn now our focus to Israel. I ask that you would be with your people, Lord, and that you would prosper them, Lord, that you would protect them, that you would keep them, Lord, and that your will would be done through them in these difficult times, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Ushers are coming forward this morning to serve us as we continue this morning in our worship. We prepare to give. It's an opportunity where the Bible says that you can test him. It's one of the few areas that I can recall in the Bible where the Lord says we can test him. But he really wants us to get this principle down, this principle of giving. He says if you give, it'll be given to you. But ultimately it's not about us. He gives to us so we can continue to give because in our giving, it honors him. As he sees the needs being met, sees people light up in their hearts and as they see hope, as they see that there's a true God that works through his church. So this morning, we're gonna honor him as we give. Let's pray. For the name of Jesus, we've come this morning with a heart to give. We desire to give to you, Lord, because we know we wanna honor you and we know through our giving, Lord, it brings hope to those, Father. As they see that you move in our life and they see that we're connected to you, Lord, we ask this morning that you would bless this, this offering. It would meet the needs of this church, meet the needs of those who are working, Lord, in Ecuador and Europe that are supported by this church, Father. Lord, that you would have your way, that you would be glorified in everything that we do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All I want to do is give my life to you. All I want to do is give my life to you. All I want to do is give my life to you. And let your will be done till it's all I want to do. All I want to do is give my life to you. All I want to do, Lord, all I want to do is give my life to you. Yes. All I want to do is give my life to you. And let your will, and let your will be done. it's all I want to do. Praise and worship leaders today.
It's good to see you in God's house on this Sunday morning as we are in 2015. Did you ever imagine that we would ever really even be here? You know, back in 1990, if somebody would have said, you'll see 2015 and you'll have all kinds of remote controls that control the curtains and the lights and and, uh, drones that deliver packages to your house on your front doorstep, I'd have said, that's lost in space. That's Star Wars. But here we are. We're in 2015. I'm telling you, we're closer than we have ever been to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you still believe in the coming of the Lord? That is the driving. You know, someone once said to me, they said, you know, you people that believe in the rapture said, you know, you guys just sit back and waiting on your ride. You ain't doing anything for the kingdom. You know, the anticipation for the coming of the Lord causes me to be more challenged than I would be in any other way otherwise. I'm challenged to the coming of the Lord, the midnight hour and his soon appearing. That drives me and challenges me. I'm not sitting back waiting on my ride. But I will tell you this, I sure am a little jealous this morning. Got a phone call just a little while ago that Brother Cleveland Robinson has passed away. He is a, just a delightful, wonderful Christian gentleman. Was able to spend some time with him just the other day. And he, he's, you know, he did seem to be fine to me. I think, I think he just decided he was going to just go on. He checked out. He got his bags and checked out of the hotel. And he went on to glory. I'm jealous for him today and excited for him, but of course the family needs prayers today, and we want to comfort and and strengthen them with our friendship, our brotherhood to them, but as well our prayers. So let's not let's not forget to to pray for them. If you'd stand with me for the reading of God's word, uh, the title of the message this morning: When God, what God remembers, what God remembers, because that's important to us. Not necessarily important what we remember. Sometimes what we remember gets in the way. But what's important is what does God remember? I'm taking my, my message text from Psalm 103. I'm going to read probably 8 to 18 verses of Scripture. So you're going, to, you're going to be blessed with the word this morning. Let it just go into your heart. And receive this today. Psalm of David. Bless the Lord. O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, the list begins. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made his way, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. And aren't you glad he is? He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He's not dealt with us according to our sins. Thank you, Lord nor punished us according to our iniquities. Praise your name. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. And to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Father, as we come before you this morning, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a list a mile long of the things that belong to us as benefits because we are children of God. I thank you for your presence that's here. I thank you for your power that's at work in our lives. 
Lord, I thank you that it's not because of who we are, but because of who you are. And God, we give you praise and honor. Challenge us today and speak to us by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray comfort and strength for the family, the Robinson family. Please comfort them and be with them today. Let your work be accomplished to bring great peace into their hearts as they long for the, the loved one, Brother Cleveland, Lord, and we know that he is in your presence and stands there and wouldn't come back for nothing. Lord, we give you honor and praise for a testimony of his life and ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone agreeing said amen. Amen. God bless you. Aren't you glad that God remembers that when the, in this whole list of what it tells us not to forget, don't forget his benefits, don't forget his mercy, his grace, his long-suffering, his kindness, his goodness. Don't forget that he forgives your sins and removes them. As far, how many are thankful this morning he removed your sins as far as the east is from the west? I mean, that ought to cause us to have church this morning. We ought to shout the house down because we have heard these benefits that belong to us. But the awesome thing about it is that it talks about what God remembers. He remembers not our goodness, not our works, not who we are or what position we've gained. He remembers that we're dust. And believe it or not, that's a testimony. That's a good testimony. That God remembers our frame. He remembers we're frail, we're humans. He remembers who we are. That's not an excuse in any way. For us to fail in our attempts to serve him with all of our hearts. But it's a comfort to know that when we fight the good fight and the battles that come our way and we go through trials and we go through hard difficulties and times in this life, it's good to know that he remembers that we're clay, that we're made from the earth. He remembers our frame. And that's comfort to us. It's comfort when we lay before him our failures and our disappointments. It's comfort to us to know. It's important that we know what God thinks about us. It's important, really, that your loved ones know what you think about them. I said this the other day, and I've said this on and off throughout the years. Let people know. I, I try very hard to let you know what I think about you because I know how the enemy is, and I even know how other people are. If I don't tell you what I think about you and how I feel about you, the enemy will tell you what I think about you or what I feel about you, and it's usually a lie. He'll tell you all kinds of things. Haven't you ever walked by somebody and said, hmm, what'd they look at me like that for? They don't like me. Well, did you see the look they gave me? I know they're talking about me. And you don't know nothing, actually. I've worked things up in my head. I worked it up that somebody did not like me years ago, years ago. I worked it up that they didn't like me. I knew they didn't like me, so I started not liking them. I didn't talk to them. They weren't talking to me, so I didn't talk to them. The more I didn't talk to them, the more they didn't talk to me. And one day, we finally had confrontation. And I said, well, you don't like me. You haven't liked me for a long time. Well, I thought you didn't like me. I like you just fine. Really? After we got done talking about it, we found out it was all a shame and a shambles that there wasn't a bit of truth to the lie the enemy had told both of us. I like to make sure I tell you how I feel about you. I, th I think Luke's one of the sharpest young men in this church. I love that guy. I think he's amazing. I love his humor, even though it's different. I love, he has got a different kind of sense of humor, and if you don't know it, you need to get to know him. But he is a cool guy. He's a cool cat. I like him. He's sharp. He's awesome. He's consistent. I'm going to tell him what I think about him so the enemy don't tell him. And we need to do that with our loved ones. But it's important that not only that we share that on a very physical level, but that we understand and we know what does God think about us. It's more important that you know what God thinks about you and God wants you to know what he thinks about you. He's put it all in his word. It's important that you let God know how you feel about him. That's what praise and prayer is all about, is that we're communicating. By and large, you know, we do care what people think. We care what God thinks. I think sometimes part of the struggle and the battle that we have with God is because we've assumed what he thinks about us. We need to know exactly what he's doing. I've wondered many times what God thinks about me. And he always finds a way to let me know. And I'm thrilled with that. Like even this morning, 
you know, nudging me a little bit. You know, you're, you're whiter than snow. God's always trying to communicate with his people. He wants to let you know that you're his child, that you belong to him. He wants you to have, God is, he's for you, he's not against you. That ought to receive at least one amen. God is for you, not against you. He's not sitting up there like some big ogre, sitting there with an ink pen ready to blot your name out of the book of life. God is not chasing you down, trying to punish you and trying to reject you, trying to condemn you. He is the God of great mercy, mercy that is everlasting. Did you hear what I just read to you? He wants to to bring you in. He wants you to be embraced by his love and mercy. He is after you, yes. He's chasing you down in order to love you. He wants to pull you in. We don't preach holiness to run you off. We preach holiness to pull you in and let you know how close God wants wants to be with you. God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows more about you than you know yourself. You can't begin to understand who you are better than God knows who you are. And yet he loves you anyhow. He finds you anyway, blesses you, keeps you, lets you breathe in and out all day long. He don't punish you. He don't lock you up somewhere. He don't crush you like a bunch of eggshells. He don't do that. He literally is looking for a way to bless you at all times. He blesses you when you forget all about him. That's God. God's amazing. We can't fool him. We try very hard. We struggle quite often. And it's important this morning that we know what he thinks about us. Sam Storms, a guy wrote this sentence. I thought it was awesome. I think we run from God, he says, rather than to him because we know our hearts all too well and his barely at all. If we really knew how much God really loves us, we wouldn't run from him. We wouldn't hide from him. We wouldn't be stagnant and cold and indifferent in our walk with him. We'd run to him at the first sign of trouble. We, you know, I, I knew when I was a little guy, I knew my parents loved me. I knew my mother loved me. And if I could, my dad, man, he was the king of the world. And if there was even a thunderstorm and I was afraid, if, if we were alone, I couldn't hardly stand it until my dad got home. If my dad was home, bring on the tornadoes. Bring on the hurricanes. I don't care. My dad's here. My dad will go out there and fist fight that thing. He won't, he won't stand a chance against my dad. I didn't fear anything. I didn't worry about anything if my dad was there. It's the same principle with our Father, our Heavenly Father. I'm telling you, you're safe in the arms of the Lord. You're safe in His care. You are, you are as safe with Him as you could ever be anywhere in the world. And you love, if you love Him and follow after Him and seek after Him, I'm telling you, God will move heaven and earth for His children. We need to see His heart clearer. And Psalm 103 gives us a clear message about God's love for us. And it gives us a list of the things that shows his heart towards us. I want to cover several of those things. I'm going to actually finish. I'm going to do half of this this morning and the other half tonight in the service at 6 o'clock. But I want to start by looking at some of those scriptures we just talked about. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. Not some, not a little bit. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't, doesn't hold a grudge. He doesn't, like, keep a list. God forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God wants you to know what he offers and what he gives to you. The world will condemn you. The enemy wants to guilt you. Your sins and your own choices, you, you, it works so hard to imprison you. By the time you finally look up to God Almighty, you feel so filthy. You feel so bad. You feel so empty. You feel like you have nothing to offer. But I'm telling you, God looks down and sees a child. He sees a love that he has for you, and that's all he sees. He sees nothing but you looking up. And when you look up at him, there ain't nothing more beautiful. I saw a brand-new little baby a couple of weeks ago. And this little guy got down right in me. He just had the most beautiful little eyes in the world, just that big. And you look down, and his eyes were just massive looking up at me. And I was like, look at them eyes. And I thought about that. That's exactly the way the Lord looks down. When we dare to look up, he says, look at, look at them eyes. Oh, Rabbi, 
God wants us to know how much he loves us. He wants us to know how much he cares about us. He's for us, not against us. He's on your side. He's looking to pull you up, not push you down. He's looking to pull you out, not keep you in. He wants to do everything in his power to strengthen you and to help you to get up and be victorious. He didn't come to die for your sins and to die and and shed his blood so that you'd be a half conqueror. He wants you to more than conquer. He wants you to have more than life, life and more abundantly. He wants you to uh, over, over achieve. He wants you to go over top of the mountain. And he wants you to stand up there on the, on the mountaintop like Rocky as a champion. And he wants you to win every race. He doesn't ever want you to falter, fail, or come in second place. He wants you always on the winner's circle. That's God's love for you. He's not calling you to struggle. He's not calling you to falter. He's not calling you to barely limp your way in. Boy, when the children of God stand there washed white in their robes, he is wanting us to stand there with a victory chant. He wants us to stand there with a determination that we are going to give him the glory and the praise. We'll not be up there going, yeah, man, Lord, you, you did good. Boy, I barely got in. Skin of my teeth. I barely made it. No way. That's not my God. God, when you stand, when you stand there, you're going to be jumping. You know, when Cleveland Robinson walked into the gates of heaven just the other morning, when he walked in there and he absolutely saw those streets of gold and that gate of pearl, and he saw his loved ones standing there waiting, knew and knowing he was coming. Boy, I tell you, I can see Ralph Murphy standing there right now waiting for all of us. And and he is standing there waiting for the victory, waiting for the reunions. Many of our loved ones, Anna, many folks that we've prayed with, and we know they're standing there in glory waiting for us. Your mama, different folks that we know are there. I'm telling you, when we get across there, there ain't nobody going to be like, whoo, I was scared to death. You weren't going to make it. Oh, I didn't know if you'd make it. I, didn't, I barely have what we watched, man. Halfway, man, you struggled, you faltered, you fell every time. I, God wants you to get up, walk in there with a great stride. He wants you to have victory when you come in. Now, you may go in faltering. You may go in as a human struggling, but your soul on the inside is going to come in looking like a champion. When you come before his presence, God determines that you're going to win and you're not going to lose. He loves to help the needy. What does verse 6 and 7 say? It says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The oppressed are those who can't help themselves. That's what that means, the oppressed, the people that can't do it on their own. See, that's the first sign that we're coming in winners, that we're coming in champions, because he's coming to help those who are needy. He's coming to help the oppressed. He brings righteousness works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He, makes, he made his way known to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. He is determined to let us know that we're going to make it in. The Old Testament word actually stood for widows and or- orphans and, and the foreigners and the poor. But it really, in, in that retrospect, that same word is used today to mean anyone going through any kind of struggle or oppression. And that's you and I. For all of us who feel weak. Last Sunday night I preached a message about from Isaiah chapter 40. Where it says, have you not known, Isaiah wrote. Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. God comes to rescue you. He comes to deliver you. He wants you to feel his strength as he lifts you up. God is not pushing you down. Boy, the message from the enemy, the message from the world is that God's cruel, that God's not real, that God is not there, that all this is going on in the world and where is God? I'm telling you, he is right there looking for those who are looking up to him. And you can sense and know his presence and power and his rescuing mighty hand. If you'll look not to the things of this world, to the left or to the right, but keep your eyes centered on him. The words of Martin Luther King, he said this, he said, The arm of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. I know these days it's hard to see, it's hard to feel. There's so much violence and evil in the world, terrorism, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, crime, tensions, churches, men going through Difficult times are cold and indifferent. There's so much out there, but I'm telling you, there is a truth 
that we've got to remember. It's God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He'll not fail you, not one minute. You don't, you, the governments may fail. I'm disappointed. I was so disappointed the other day at the National Prayer Breakfast. I'm not going to get political about it and call out names. I'm just going to say I was, I was a little disappointed when the Christians got chided and got disciplined about, about their, their, their uh, problems in the world. I felt like we were getting spanked. Uh, from the National Prayer Breakfast. And I, I sat back and I thought, Lord, I'm just so disappointed. I'm disappointed at what's going on around us. There seems to be no strength. There seems to be no faith. There seems to be nothing good coming out of anywhere. And all the news agencies and all of the terrorism around the world and all of the videos that are out there, I don't watch them. I, I can't bring myself to, I don't want to watch someone else's death. I can't do that. I know how ugly and horrible it is. There's nothing in me that needs to see it. I already feel horrible about it, and I don't want it to be in vivid living color. But what I do know is this. There is an enemy out there that is lying, that is tearing, and that is ripping and roaring through this world, and he's trying to take away the faith of God's faithful. But you and I need to remember, God is God, and God is on the throne, and he is not going to fail to be the God of great justice. And in this world, he'll be the king, king of the universe, our monarch who is in control, and he will rise up. How many of you know he's going to rise up? He's going to rise up. He's going to stand up, and there'll be order set again, once again, in the universe. And so you and I do not fail. Do not, do not falter, and do not get weak in your faith. Rise up with strength this morning, and let God be God. I preached a message, oh, I don't know, I think it's been two years ago now. It was, I actually called it comma. It ain't over till it's over. Everywhere in the word. I love the places in the word where I, where I hear, and the enemies sur surpassed them and encamped around about them. And then it says, but God. Love that message. One of the best messages I feel like I ever preached. If I was going to write a book on one, I'd write it on that one. The enemies were at the, the back of of Israel as they stood at the Red Sea and there in the wilderness and they heard the hoofs of the armies of the Israel of, of the Egyptian armies behind them but God came on the scene changed it just like that all the all the different places in the word where God came down into the middle of the situation you know there, there's that, that word but God means awesome things it means an instant turnaround a change it's a conjunction in the sentence world, and it resembles the same other word. It's a conjunction, the word and. But the word and only gives you information. The word but gives you a transformation. I just gave you an English lesson, and you didn't even catch it. There'll be a test at the end. Let me give you an example. I can say to you, oh, Karen, that, that's, that's a pretty outfit you're wearing today. And Gary thinks so, too. That's a conjunction, and, and, gives more information, and Gary thinks so too. But when we use the word but, I'm changing the original statement. I'm transforming it into something else. I think that's a pretty outfit that you've got there, Karen, but Gary doesn't like it at all. I've just changed everything, haven't I? But transforms and changes the original statement. Whatever the enemy speaks over your life, whatever he whispers into your heart, you can't cut it. You can't make it. You'll never get free from this. You're weak. You're never going to graduate out of here. You're never going to let this. There's never going to be strength to overcome. You're not going to make it. You're not going to get up. You've fallen one too many times in this trouble, in this trial, in this sin. You've given in too many times. It's over for you. But God, God is the difference God is the transformation. It changes everything. But God is viewed, in, and when it's viewed in relation to our life and the challenges of our life is up, is what up is to down. It's what in is to out. It's what stop is to go. In response to Satan's challenges, it doesn't matter what he speaks. It doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what kind of ideology he's trying to plot and scheme against you. He may have put all of his artillery up against you, but this morning you need to pray only one prayer. You need to look up with those eyes to your father and remember that he loves you, that he will not allow destruction to come after you. He will not let the troubles and trials of this world overtake you. He will not let the enemy have an advantage over you.
you, he is speaking life and strength and he is giving power to the weak and he's giving strength to those that feel they have none. He is the difference but God. Pray the prayer, but God. But you don't know how I feel this morning. You don't know how dead I feel inside. You don't know how I feel. I feel like I'm fighting another battle. I'm done fighting battles. I just got through this, and now all of a sudden I'm in another one. That's the way I felt this week. I had some things that absolutely just blew me away, and it seemed like I couldn't go. I thought, Lord, can we just have a stretch here? You ever been there? Can I just have a stretch? But I had to pray the same prayer. I'm challenging you to pray this morning. But God. But I feel this way. But God. But as for you, Genesis chapter 15, verse 20, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to save much people alive. I'm telling you, he looks for those who are needy. He looks to those who, are, who need rescued. He looks to us. He's trying to get to us and get the message clear. He wants to tell you what his thoughts are towards you and not what the enemy's thoughts are and what his ideologies are. Psalm 3, wonderful song. Many there be which say of my soul there is no help for him in God, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. He shows mercy. He shows grace. He looks after the needy. He wants us to know it doesn't matter how low you feel. I'm here to lift you up. Oh, if you could just see the hand of God as he wants to lift you up. He wants to lift up every child. He does not want you to fail. He doesn't want you to be lost. It's not his will that you perish. It's not his will that you struggle. He wants to bring victory into your life this morning. Would you stand with me? He shows mercy. The Lord is compassionate. He pardons us. The Lord is gracious. He gives us what we don't deserve. The Lord is slow to anger. He's patient when we fall. The Lord abounds in love. This is what God thinks about you. When you feel so guilt-ridden, when you feel so heavy, when you feel like you can't get up, you can't take another step, God says, my love abounds. My grace overwhelms you I'm covering you raining my joy and my mercy and my peace over you there's nothing like God's love it's plenteous plenteous in mercy when he saves he saves completely he means for you to make it oh but you don't know where I'm at God does God knows not only where you are but he knows how you got there. He knows exactly the, verse, the very first day that you started down this journey into this weak place, this wilderness place. He knows, he knows everything about you. He knows more than you know. And he stands here today saying, come on, baby, come on, get it. Hear what the preacher's saying. God sends his love, he sends his strength, he sends his mercy, sends his grace plenteous in mercy sends his power to those who are weak he tempers his wrath he's not going to be mad at you for long he's slow to anger he's compassionate he abounds in his love and one thing he doesn't forget is he never forgets his word he never ever forgets his word so forget not all his benefits. He means for you, you've heard the old, the old sermons. I used to love the old sermon. You're the head and not the tail. You're the head and not the tail. Hear the message of the Lord strong and mighty for you this morning. He's not left you where you are without a means to get up. Oh, I feel him. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I sense sometimes we get weighed down and we get burdened. We get hungry. We come into God's house and we, we don't want to just sing another song and hear another message. We come looking for the Word of God. The Word over you this morning is that He doesn't forget. He doesn't forget His promise. He doesn't forget His Word. He won't forget His love over your life.
He doesn't bow or get intimidated by the words of the enemy or those around you that are negative. God speaks life over you. If you're here today and you'd say, you know what, Pastor, I, I, I need that. I, I need that strength of God. I want to be strong and mighty in him and not, I don't want to be subjected to the enemy's lies and I don't want to hear the bad negative messages anymore. I want to stay in tune with what God thinks and with what God says. If that's you and you're, you'd be honest about it, would you just lift up your hand? We're going to pray together right here in this place. Amen. Thank you. I want to hear those messages, Jesus. Life and life more abundant. Strength, not weakness. Victory, not defeat. That's his word over us. Father, we ask you to touch and minister to your people today. I pray that you will empower us, that you will strengthen us, that your work will be accomplished in us without fail. You said that you are sure to complete the work that you've started. I'm asking you, Father, to bring completion. Bring, God, your word alive in every heart and life here today for the hands that went up, that want those positive messages, that need that strength. God, I pray you speak it over them. Let them see it clearly. Let them know what your word says and remember it, Lord. I praise you and I thank you for that today. In Jesus, your wonderful name, amen, amen. God bless you today. Have a great day in him.